everyone. Thank you for joining us today for the Milwaukee Faith and Community Leaders coming with us in support of the people of Ukraine. We're rally to support Ukraine. Um, as many of you know, today is the 25th day of the war. This is the third time that we're standing here. And we're gonna continue standing here until Ukraine is victorious and until the Russian government pays for the atrocities that they have committed against our people and our land. So to start us off, sorry, we will have Pastor Mikola Lemar of the St. Mary Ukrainian Orthodox Church and the Reverend Vasil, Vasil Sauchin of St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Church lead us in prayer. Слава Україні! Слава нації! Україна! And before we begin with our speakers, to honor our fallen soldiers, our fallen civilians, including elderly and innocent children, some not even a year old yet, we're gonna start off with a minute of silence. Thank you. May their souls rest in peace and Ukrainian soil be pillows for their dead bodies. So to start us off, we will have Halema Salapata of the Wisconsin Ukrainians group share a few words with us. On behalf of Ukrainian Milwaukee and Wisconsin Ukrainians, I'd like to thank everybody for coming to show your support for our homeland. We all are devastated by the situation in Ukraine, and pretty much all of us have family and friends over there. 
Most of us are praying every minute or crying every day, and many of us are afraid to watch the news. Our hearts are broken over all of this. Ukraine is experiencing the biggest land invasion in Europe since World War II. People are dying. Children are dying. Cities are being destroyed and wiped off the map. Ukrainians are having to fight for every inch of the way to survive in this unfair war. I feel like I'm having a nightmare and I can't wake up from it. Many Ukrainians are now on the battlefields or in territorial defense. Many are volunteering, not only in Ukraine, but all over the world. And everyone I know is involved. Your continued support gives us confidence we will win. We are asking everyone to call their government representative to ask for more help and support. But at the, t at the same time, call your Ukrainian friends. You don't have to say anything, just listen. It means the world to us. Slava Ukraini. Glory to Ukraine. Thank you, Helena. And I will also share a few words about the importance of the Ukrainian language. But before we start that, we have Tatiana with her father. And they performed at our cultural appreciation benefit last week. And they want to perform the Ukrainian national anthem for us. So everyone who knows the words, please feel free to join with them.
Western Ukraine. I was born in 1999, so after the collapse of the Soviet Union. However, growing up, I heard whispers that got louder as I got older of the atrocities that my family, just like all of yours families, faced from the Soviet Union for many, many generations. My great-grandfather escaped the train from Siberia when he was just a young boy. His parents and most of his siblings were not as lucky. My great-grandfather died not knowing where his parents or siblings were buried, assumably somewhere in a mass grave in Siberia. And the reason I tell you this is because as Ukrainian families were getting sent to the gulags for refusing to bend the knee to the Soviet Union, what is now the Russian Federation, was sending families from their cities to move into the homes of Ukrainians that were ripped away from theirs. If you are familiar with the history of World War II, I want you to think if you can draw a parallel of where else this happened in Europe. And when you think of that parallel, I want you to remember that Putin has the audacity to call our people Nazis. Those who were not sent to Siberia were forced to speak Russian anyways. It was illegal during the Soviet Union to speak, educate, write, or sing in Ukrainian. Other former states of the Soviet Union were subjected to this as well. I tell you this because I want to acknowledge that yes, there are people living in Ukraine with Russian roots, and after Ukraine became an independent country, these people stayed. And Ukrainians, if you didn't know, were accepting of different people and cultures. In fact, I was always raised to respect every culture but to love my own. And we wanted to live peacefully with people who had moved here and were moving from the country that has caused us so much pain. Not wanting to cause them to be uncomfortable, many Ukrainians continued to speak Russian. The Russian language and culture continued to stay prevalent in our media. My own personal experience with Russian people has always gone like this. And I know that this does not account for all Russian people. I'm just speaking from my own experiences. After they find out that I am Ukrainian, I ask if they can understand Ukrainian, because I understand Russian, and so they can speak Russian to me, but I will speak Ukrainian back, since that is my native tongue and what I revert to when speaking. And they would say that no, they do not understand Ukrainian, so I revert to speaking in Russian. And this is the experience of all Ukrainians. We're accepting and we're adaptable, possibly to a fault. We don't want to make others uncomfortable, so many started speaking the Russian language. This resulted in Putin claiming now that Russian is the common tongue. And who can disprove him when so many Ukrainians adopted Russian as their main language? 
I stopped telling Russians that I speak Russian in 2014, when Russia started illegally occupying Ukrainian cities and annexed Crimea. And so we come full circle as to why speaking the Ukrainian language as a Ukrainian is vital. Today, as the war rages on uh, in Ukraine on all fronts, through the military and through the news filled with propaganda, we keep finding Russia propaganda making its way into Western media. I want to mention two particular videos that I saw posted by the official Russian Twitter account. One was a boy speaking Russian, claiming to be from Kherson, whose mayor gave a statement that despite being completely blocked off by Russian troops and unable to receive aid from Ukraine, the people of Kherson are refusing Russia's aid. This boy, however, claimed in Russian that he is so thankful for the Russian military that saved him. The other video was a video of what Russia claims is a Ukrainian family that fled to Russia and is giving an interview in Russian that Ukraine is bombing its own people. The Ukrainian government is saying that this is propaganda, but how do we prove it? It's videos of Eastern European speaking in Russian, and so many of us speak Russian. So if you are a Ukrainian who speaks Russian, I strongly urge you to learn your native tongue. Speak Ukrainian because our language identifies who we are. Russians, even those who live in Ukraine, don't speak Ukrainian. So why are we the ones who have to adapt and speak Russian? You don't see a French family moving to German and deciding to speak French to everyone. I am, U I am Ukrainian. I speak Ukrainian at home with my parents, with my little brother. However, I live in America, so out in, out in public, I speak English because I understand that this is the language of America. I know it is hard, and I know it is uncomfortable for those of you who are used to speaking Russian, but the Russian language was forced upon us. It was forced upon us by the aggressor. And today, as the war rages on in Ukraine, and as Russia continues to call us brotherly nations, we need to show them that we are not brotherly nations, that we have our own culture, we have our own language, and we love that culture, and we love that language. They are allowed to love theirs. That is their language and their cultures, but we have our own. We have to respect their culture and their language. We have to respect all cultures and languages. We all live on this world, but we must show that we love and we prioritize our own. Thank you. Slava Ukraini. And now, Bishop Paul Erickson of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America of the Greater Milwaukee Synod will be speaking. Thank you. Thank you all for your presence today. I'm Paul Erickson, Bishop of the Greater Milwaukee Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which is part of a global communion of Lutheran churches. Now, we've been hearing and seeing in the news these powerful words and images and descriptions of the horrific violence that is going on and the massive number of refugees, over three million refugees already, created by this senseless war of aggression. We in the Lutheran Church stand together with all who stand for peace, all who work to protect the lives of innocent victims, mothers, fathers, grandparents, children. Our partners with Lutheran Disaster Response, Lutheran World Relief, and Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services already hard at work providing material aid to all who are impacted, but we cannot do this alone. We work with partners across all 
lines of faith and politics and religion because we have learned something very important, relearned something very important in these days. We need each other, right? We need to stand with our Ukrainian siblings. I don't speak Ukrainian, but my heart is with you because we must stand together or we will die alone. All of the faith traditions represented here share a common commitment to peace. And we need to set aside our differences in politics and practice and belief so that we can work together to establish peace, dignity, security for all of God's children. Our presiding bishop, my presiding bishop, Elizabeth Eaton, has signed on to an ecumenical and interfaith call for peace in Ukraine. And I'd like to read that in part. It says, all our religious traditions call us to pray and work for peace. We join our voices and hands together. We must open our eyes to those who are suffering, and we cannot remain indifferent to the injustice that this conflict has brought upon the people of Ukraine and on people of neighboring countries. We call on all those involved, whether governments, movements, or individuals, to repent of aggression and violence and turn instead to the way of peace through dialogue. We can also call upon all the faithful people of our congregations and communities to pray for wisdom, peace, and justice to prevail in Ukraine. We pray. O divine, most mighty, most merciful, our sacred stories tell us that you help and save your people. You are the fortress. May there be, may there be no more war. You are the harvest. May there be no more hunger. You are the light. May no one die alone or in despair. O divine, most magic, most motherly, grant us your life. Grant us your peace. Amen. Thank you. And now we will have Kai Gartner Mishla, the Executive Director of the Jewish Community Relations Council, and Miriam Rosenzweig, President and CEO of the Milwaukee Jewish Federation. Thank you. My name is Miriam Rosenzweig, and I'm here representing the chair of the board, our board members and trustees of the Milwaukee Jewish Federation. And we're part of 144 Jewish federations across the country who are not only standing with you, but working with partners on the ground to serve humanitarian aid, both in Ukraine and in the surrounding countries. Today, we come together and join all the communities represented here in declaring, we say enough. Enough to this murderous campaign against innocent Ukrainians. Enough to the destruction of lives, property, and infrastructure. And enough to the suffering of children, families, and communities who have been torn apart and are scattered around Europe in, in, because of this campaign. Let us take a moment to consider the suffering of individuals even as they leave Ukraine. Just this past Friday, I was talking with the humanitarian organization who's serving the Moldovan border, where they're watching people who have to stand in line after taking a could be 30 hour trip to get to the border. They're standing in line for 10 hours. We're talking about 70% of them are women and children and the other 30% are elderly. And they can't get out of line, there are no chairs. When they get to the other side, their first need is water, dehydration in Europe because they have been standing so long just to get across. And once they get across, we have broken families who don't know what is happening back behind them. 
So our commitment today is not just to what is happening today in the war right now, but to not forget when this is not in the news cycle. To recognize that the trauma and the pain that those who have fled Ukraine and those who will survive this are still uh, strong and it will continue for a long time. Our sages teach us, he who saves one life, it as if he has saved the whole world. And to all those in Ukraine, around Ukraine, helping others, you have saved worlds. But let us not forget the opposite of that. For those responsible for the death of one life, they have destroyed worlds right now. And we stand in solidarity of saying, today we say enough. Stop and let's end this war. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Kai Gartner-Mishlov, and I am the director of the Jewish Community Relations Council of the Milwaukee Jewish Federation. I come today with a message of hope and love for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. The Jewish community of Milwaukee stands in solidarity with all of the victims of this unprovoked attack and senseless war on the sovereign nation of Ukraine. Ukraine is a beautiful country. It has been a beautiful country for so many people, including the Jewish community, the Orthodox Christian community, Catholics, Muslims. It was home to a flourishing community for so many. Now, given this destruction, we have over 3.5 million refugees, 1.5 million of them children, an additional 4 million minors who are internally displaced in the country, 76,000 foreign students from 158 countries who were previously happily studying and thriving in Ukraine, students from Africa, of Africa, Indian, Asian, and Arab descent who are now facing discrimination due to border officials. Ukraine was a sovereign country, and it is courageously led by a president whose family includes Jewish Holocaust survivors, victims, and veterans of the fight against the Nazis. We have beautiful cities that have been leveled, Ukrainian women and children taking refuge in shelters that are later bombed, hospital maternity wards bombed, families separated with uncertainty of whether they will ever be reunited again. 18 to 60 year old men left to fight for a country against aggressors. Elderly homebound people. What happens to the children? What happens to the sick and disabled? Those who cannot fight and those who cannot leave. So many have been walking, as Miriam said, for so many hours, so many miles on perilous roads, hoping that another country will take them in and give them refuge. No food or scarce food. Water only for melted snow. Meanwhile, we have Putin making speeches eerily rem reminiscent of 1933, while absurdly evoking World War II, a complete contradiction. President Zelensky leading the fight with courage has the support of the global community, and in particular, our Jewish community. In the Jewish community, we know what happens in the time of war and instability. We are calling on our world and our community and everyone to stick together for the people of Ukraine. And I want to end with saying I send love to our Ukrainian community here, especially those who have family that they haven't been able to speak to or they don't know where they are, and there's so much uncertainty. We give you love, and we have wishes of peace and prayer. Slava Ukraine. Thank you, Pioneer.
Next, Pardeep Kalika, the Executive Director of Milwaukee Interfaith Conference of Greater Milwaukee, who is also representing the Sikh community, will be speaking. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for coming out today, this morning, uh, this afternoon. You hear all of the religious leaders supporting you. We have different people of different skin complexions, of different ages, people honking, expressing love in the way that they only know how to express love. So let's kind of express it back. Can everyone hear me in the back? Everyone can hear me over there. We all maybe speak different languages, but the one thing that we can agree upon, and please repeat after me, Glory to Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine. Thank you so much. So I just want to offer a, a just a, a prayer in our language, in our in our belief. Dear God, Allah, Vaheguru, Yahweh, Sada, Great Spirit, you are the source of all, and we offer this prayer in love of all faith traditions that bring us closer to your ultimate grace. For it is, the on, it is only in your grace that we can fully understand the many joys and struggles that this existence provides us. Today, we have come before you specifically to ask for the blessings of all those who have been displaced, hurt, and killed because of war. May you give the world's leaders the strength to bend the moral arc of the universe towards the good and may justice prevail. Please strengthen our ability to envision peace, for we need leaders to build tables of diplomacy while also flipping over the tables of injustice and tyranny. Please also help to build our own democracy and champion the ideals of freedom and self-sovereignty. The Ukrainian people, the Ukrainian people are brave and need our support in many ways outside of prayer. Therefore, let us not stop at prayer alone today, but let's help raise the funds we need to raise. Let's call for compassionate actions to protect your homes, your farmlands, and your homeland. We also ask for us to never shy of, seeking, of seeing pain, for we know that pain is one of the greatest teachers. But if we are to be honest, pain is also one of the greatest debilitators. Your children in Ukraine who are separated from families, from homes, they are sheltering in temporary housing because of the political aspirations of a tyrant. We need support. People, people, please give us the courage to face the truth with humble and sincere honesty and quickly move towards healing these modern day wounds. Finally, help us have clear vision so that our children's children's children do not have to inherit the same wars of the past. Help us to realize that our time is not infinite and, and as a mortal being and because of that, we have a timely responsibility to the ancestors of the past and the generations yet to come. Please help us preserve life, to nurture life, and to give life. In your many names we pray. Glory to Ukraine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Up next, we'll have Ahmed Kardeshi, past president of the Islamic Society of Milwaukee.
I'm here today to speak on behalf of the Islamic community in Wisconsin. We strongly support the actions of people here to stand for and with the Ukrainian people. It is a sin in each of our religious traditions to oppress one another. The command to do justice is an obligation that we have in each of our faiths. In the Islamic tradition, it is reported that our prophet said, beware of the supplication of the oppressed, for there is no barrier between it and God. In another narration, the prophet is reported to have said, there are three persons whose supplications are never rejected. The just leader, the fasting person when he breaks his fast, and the oppressed when he supplicates, and whose supplication is raised above the clouds, and the gates of heaven are opened for it. And to whom God will say, by my glory I shall assist you, even if it is after a while. The messenger told the Muslims that we are commanded with seven things, one of which is to support the oppressed or those who are transgressed against. Thus, one should prevent the oppressor physically if possible. And this responsibility is greater with respect to the rulers and those in authority. But if one cannot stop the oppressor physically, then he should do it verbally. We pray, God Almighty, we pray that you strengthen the people of Ukraine, that you assist them in their struggle against the oppressor, and that you grant them patience. God, we ask that you strengthen us so that we may assist the people of Ukraine against their oppressors, and that we may provide assistance to the refugees. God Almighty, we pray that you allow us to see the truth as the truth, and falsehood as falsehood, and that we are guided so that we may not become oppressors ourselves, and that we help all of the oppressed and refugees around the world. Amen. Thank you. Up next, we have Clarence Nicholas, president of NAACP, the Milwaukee branch. Good afternoon. The NAACP Milwaukee, the NAACP Milwaukee chapter joins with the national NAACP in condemning the invasion and war against Ukraine by Russia. We further pray that humanity, humanitarian ethics are embedded in the sovereign law, international law, and customary law where the ethnic refugees and Ukrainians are concerned that they are treated with equality as they travel to the various borders for safety and for refuge. And I thank you. And up next, we have Daryl Morin, National President of Forward Latino. 
Thank you, thank you, and welcome everyone. Thank you for coming out today to demonstrate your love and support for the people and the families of Ukraine. My name is Daryl Modine, National President, and I'm here to say that our thousands and thousands of members across 29 states stand today in solidarity with the people of Ukraine. I want to take a quick moment just to acknowledge all of the different faith leaders, all of the different community leaders that have come out today to show their support. Can we give them a quick round of applause, please? Thank you, each and every one of you. For the past three and a half weeks, we've all been shocked and we've been horrified by the unprovoked invasion by Russia and the free people of Ukraine. Each one of us has felt the sadness the sorrow, and even the anger as we watched in real time the video and the images of the unending brutality and cowardice and war crimes being perpetrated upon the peaceful democratic people of Ukraine by the Russian oppressors. I'm not ashamed to admit. I'm not ashamed to admit that I wept when I saw the bombed out images of the theater in Maripol, where families with their young children huddled in safety as the sirens screamed and the artillery shells and missiles began to rain from the sky. They went there seeking safety, a place of refuge, a place where the community intentionally in giant white letters painted on the parking lot around the building, the word children in Russian, so that they would know the precious and innocence of the life within that theater. Now today, several days later, the brave first responders in Ukraine continue, despite the artillery shells and missiles, to dig through the rubble, trying to find the lives of the innocents buried below. Next we saw, along with the rest of the world, the horrific images of the bombed out maternity hospital where parents <laughs> experiencing the miracle of life, God's greatest gift, holding their freshly born newborns in their arms, only to see their lives taken from them right after the moment of creation. For weeks, these parents were planning the next chapter of their family lives, only to have the book on their family history slammed shut by the Russian army. An army seeking to close the book on the story of Ukraine forever. We cannot stand by and let that happen. We cannot let Ukraine become a footnote in the history of some history book in a library. We cannot let this inhumanity continue. The great show we have seen has only been equaled by the tremendous bravery we've seen from the Ukrainian people, those in uniform and those out of uniform, who are fighting against overwhelming odds so valiantly to protect their country, to protect their families, to protect their God-given right to be free. We as a nation 
as a democracy, born out of the need to throw aside the shackles of tyranny, out of our belief that every person has an inalienable right to be free, cannot stand by and let this happen. Our quest would surely have failed if not for the generosity of Spain and France and others who provided our much needed support when General Washington was fighting for our freedom. Today, Ukraine has, Ukraine has their own General Washington. His name, Volodymyr Zelensky, the most unlikely of heroes, a 44-year-old comic inspiring his own people to victory. From grandmothers confronting heavily armed Russian soldiers in the street, to shopkeepers and accountants and musicians and artists all coming together to say, it is our right to have our country. It is our right to be free. That is why I'm asking all of you here today, when we, have complete, when we are done here and you walk back to your cars, to, to Google the phone numbers of Senators Tammy Baldwin and Ron Johnson, to Google the phone number of your congressional representative, whether it be Gwen Moore, Brian Stile, or Gwen Grothman, and to call each one of them and tell them that you support the people of Ukraine. So I ask you, as you leave here today, to go on your phones, to Google their phone numbers and to call. And I'm asking for 10 minutes out of your day. I'm asking for 10 minutes of your effort so that the sunflowers in Ukraine will continue to flourish. As a people of faith, as a democracy, this is our charge. Until Russian forces are pushed out of Irpin, Milwaukee's sister city, until the Russian army is pushed out of Ukraine, we will fly the Ukrainian flag next to the American flag. We will call our elected representatives and demand action. We will stand by the men, women, and children of Ukraine. Slava Ukraine! Slava Ukraine! Glory to Ukraine! Glory to Ukraine! Thank you all once again. Again, God bless each and every one of you, and God bless the people of Ukraine. Thank you. Thank you, Daryl. And we will end with the St. Michael's Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church Choir leading us in the Ukrainian National Anthem.
Украине! Героям слава! Слава 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 Украине! Героям слава! Слава